0: Welcome to The Learning Project Network, where we learn through stories to make a change. The Learning Project Network, an organization dedicated to social justice issues. We are dedicated to learning about issues that impact children, families, and communities to help start conversations that lead to solutions. We believe that through storytelling and peer support, individuals can better understand how experiences lead to outcomes. Hey everybody, it's Stephanie with The Learning Project. I am back again with another amazing podcast. Today we're going to be talking about infertility, you guys. Many of you know that I have been going on my own personal journey of infertility and just recently had a little one, but this is a conversation and a topic very near and dear to my heart because I want to make sure that people understand what resources are out there, where where can they connect with people, and what can they do about it? And you guys, I have an amazing person that I met. You know how I do. I look at people's social media accounts. I'm looking at all their tips and tricks and what they're talking about, and I met Natasia. Let me tell you, y'all, let me tell y'all. Welcome, Natasia to The Learning Project i was just like so (laughs) loving your content and i was like i gotta have you on to meet my people so they can get connected and they can learn more about resources around um infertility and so we're going to be talking about your top five infertility tips today so welcome welcome welcome
1: (laughs) welcome Everyone here, thank you, Stephanie, for having me. I'm so excited to be talking about this. I'm actually gonna be talking about the five tips to help to increase fertility as far as egg quality is concerned. Yes, yes. And there's just, it's not that different from increasing overall fertility, but I definitely want to highlight egg quality and just how important it is. So just before I start, I definitely want to sorta just give you a little rundown on why I'm focusing on egg quality so much. For Absolutely.
0: one, it, it, and real quick, it, Natasha, you gotta tell us
1: what is your business. Tell us the background. Like, how did this even get started? Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. So, just to take it back a little further, it this all started? I guess you know, just naturally. I I, I was called for this. I'm here ah. for this. Um, I got my period early at nine years old. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of blew me out of my childhood state, my childlike state and put me into this world of womanhood. And, you know, uh, it was a very traumatic sort of experience for me, Mm -hmm. Um, embarrassing too, because I was, you know, I was young, I was playing on the swing and next thing I know, I'm bleeding Yeah, and I have no idea what's going on. So anyways, um, it went from there, you know, it was painful. Um, Long periods, nine days, and no solutions. I took Tylenol, I took Advil. I took all of these things until they just stopped working for me. So they weren't having any effect whatsoever. I was still Mm -hmm. cramping. I was still having PMS. um, And there was really nothing that really worked except for when my brother would make me some tea. And this is my younger brother, so he has no clue what he's doing either. But I picked up on that, you know? I picked up on how the tea was working. So fast forward, when I was 14, um, I discovered a breast fibroid that actually also started around the time when I was nine due to trauma. But by the time I was 14, it had manifested itself into a fibroid. Mm. So I went and I did tests for that. And they were telling me that, you know, they wanted to cut it out. That was the only solution was to either cut it out or to laser it. And I was like, I'm 14. I'm like, I'm about to have, I'm about to die because it's not, it's not happening. We're not doing Uh, that. Yeah. So i didn't go through with it um and there really was no like you know support no information nobody was telling me what a fiber it was it just said it was benign and yeah. i could cut it out then i ended up with abnormal uterine cells mm. and for that they also wanted to cut and laser and or freeze the cells those are my three options but they were really really pushing to cut the cells um, i went for the test for that. And, you know, they're like, you know, we got to do the surgery. Um, But, you know, I was 16. They weren't really um, explaining anything to me again either. They weren't, you know, getting parental consent. So that way my mom can maybe, you know, have a word and let me know what's going on. They just wanted to do the laser. i sorry, do the surgery. but on my way out of one of the tests, I found some information that let me know that I could heal the situation that I was dealing with. And so I followed that information. And before I went back for like a second test, mm. I found out they told me, hey, your cells are back to normal. But I wow. was like, hey, y- you all were about to cut me up. You were about to slice and dice me, laser me, like it's a Star Wars or something. And <laughs> they were just like, well, you're you're good. All right, so wow. I was always trying to figure out, okay, well, what, was that all about but i continued to follow you know the, the implementations that i had put in improving my diet and my lifestyle yeah. and things like that and so eventually i was also able to shrink the length of my fib my um my periods mm. and continued that for a little bit more and then i put together this whole routine and by doing that i was able to shrink my fibroids to wow. again, part of that started with returning my cells to normal, but I was able to shrink my fibroids, my fibroid in my breast, um, reduce my period pain completely, erase it, eliminate it, no more period pain, and also shorten my period to about three to four days, mm. right? And so when I found that information out, I was like, I have to share this information with the world. I really couldn't, I couldn't stop myself. So you know, I created YouTube channels, I created um, Instagrams and i had always had a lot of instagrams on different topics melanin yeah. natural here but when i created my fertility channel that is you know people were really drawn to that message and i saw the need for it and so i put everything else aside mm-hmm. and i created black fertility at the time i rebranded into just my name natasha winter and mm-hmm. so i've just been helping women to improve their fertility naturally my first client she was able to shrink her cyst on her ovary after just a 15 minute conversation with me all wow. i did was give her my strategy and in two months you know she called me back she's a nurse she went through the ultrasounds and she's like it is gone wow so i thought okay i'm on to something so you know i've been building out my coaching practice and my my packages ever since then and so i've come to learn that egg quality is definitely the main thing that you want to focus on when you are trying to improve your fertility because it doesn't matter what you have whether it's endometriosis fibroids cysts Mm -hmm. PCOS, it's going to affect your egg quality so you kind of you want to start there and then from there you can heal the other areas of your fertility or fertility issues that are going on Mm -hmm. just by focusing on that one thing. And so I'm going to give you the five tips today on how (laughs) to improve your egg quality and overall fertility by following these five steps.
0: I'm so excited about these this conversation but I have got to put a pin in something so you yeah. know
1: you're like talking
0: about healing a lot of your 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 body through just natural practices and even just starting there you know what I mean and I always tell people you know there are some natural practices they don't work for everybody. But like there are times where you do have to seek out medical attention because maybe something's gone way too far or you didn't get help with it soon enough. And I feel like what you're talking about, those early intervention moments and like even when you're in the moment, sometimes you could have like the worst situation happening and you could heal yourself naturally. And that's for me, that's where I went. I went in towards natural, um, the natural path way because i felt like my body was not responding to all these expensive treatments that i was doing um such as iui and i was getting ready to go to do ivf which is twenty thousand dollars up top right up front you know um and that's
1: subsidized by the yeah. way let me tell if you, you, to really pay for that it wouldn't be affordable at all
0: no no um and the thing that's so crazy is I didn't realize that IVF only has like a 40% chance of working after, you know, you're spending $20,000. And so it's like, to me, I'm like, why are you not getting prepped before that? Or why are they not starting with a natural path with Pathic Way and then moving into these? So like, what's your, what's your thoughts about like, um, early intervention for a lot of people dealing with infertility and why are we not seeking out natural paths to help us, um, you know, deal with these issues?
1: Well, okay, so that's a lot. But to start, for one, I'll just get to the root. This is not our culture. Yeah. We, you know, we we don't even, we don't have our ways still. And so we are just dealing with, you know, symptoms and mm-hmm. ripping off Band-Aids and throwing on new ones. And we're vulnerable at this point, you know, yeah. so they can tell us anything. And we don't believe that the natural way works because we don't have any evidence. We don't have a history anymore. Mm. You know, we do, but we don't collectively, we don't know what that history is, right? So we are far removed from that. And, you know, getting back to that state is a lot of work for, you know, on my part, on your part, people who are trying to educate women that, you know, we do have to, you know, return back to the natural ways, healthier lifestyle and Um, you know, even uniting as, you know, a sisterhood collective or woman circle type of thing, because for me, it's a lifestyle thing. So even when you say things like early intervention, early intervention was when they t- took us from what it took us from. Right. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you know, it's not even just so much early intervention as much as it is shifting our mindset and shifting our entire lifestyle altogether. Because even if you do early intervention, Mm -hmm. your early intervention is only going to go so far if you return to what has caused the problem in the first place. So the diet, the lifestyle, the mentality, um, you know, the stress factors, the toxins and so forth, those are going to still be there. And if we return and indulge and you know, fully return to that, you know, you're going to have things like secondary infertility, third, yeah. you know, tertiary and continue. Yeah. So ultimately, it really does sort of boil down to day to day activities and mm-hmm. how this compounds over time mm-hmm. and us sort of acknowledging that, you know, the lifestyle. Um, there's a there's a major lifestyle factor. The the good thing is, is that we do have control over yeah over it. You know, there we do have a a locus of control when it comes to our lifestyle and what we do to, you know, improve our fertility and the choices that we make. You know, there's even some things you can do just to if you don't like one particular thing, if you don't want to exercise, if you don't want to do certain activities, you can offset that with other things, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of room for flexibility. There are a lot of options. I would say there are more options the natural way than there are you know, the route that they give us. Cause the route that they give us is a very narrow route. Yeah. Very, um, you know, and, and they're in control of it. And they tell you that you you shouldn't do anything outside right. of that. So right. early intervention to me is, would, would be, you know, educating yourself. Yes. sharing information like this and would be returning to more natural ways, you know, ahead of time. If you're, especially if you're a woman that already is dealing with fertility issues, yeah. Early intervention is what you do now to ensure that your daughter and your sons are not dealing with infertility and are not dealing with subfertility. That's okay. early intervention. <laughs>
0: Y'all, if you're not watching the video right now, I am losing it. Okay, you just really redefine what early intervention is, okay? So let me break it down for y'all if y'all didn't hear it in the back, okay? And for those that you, if you know somebody that needs to hear this conversation, do not send them candy, do not send them flowers, you know my motto, send them a podcast, send them something that can fill their mind, body, and soul. So let me just go back here, okay? Early intervention is education, Like when you just said that, like that hit home because exactly what you said, you started your cycle at nine. I also started my cycle at nine. And I remember going through, we had a sex ed for sixth grade. And or, yeah, sixth grade, and or was it fourth grade? No, we didn't start till sixth grade. So I hadn't even started it. And so I remember when I started my cycle, my mom had to come to me and talk to me about what was going on, how everything was working. I didn't understand it. But a lot of times, our mothers and their mothers and their mothers and fathers, too, people who have uh, fathers that are raising them they don't even know anything about women's body. All we know is you are bleeding, you're gonna bleed for seven days, wear a pad, take some Tylenol. But like, what is really happening with the body? And what do we need to be feeding our body during this time, right? And right. what is our body saying to us? You know, um, there was like a podcast I did a long time ago and this um, lady was talking about your body speaking to you. You know what I mean? Every pain, every moment, every tweak, everything deals with your body talking to you. So tell us, let's jump into your tips. Like what are people's <laughs> bodies telling them about their egg quality? I, I'm just so excited.
1: So talk to us a little bit about this and where do we start? Okay, well, to start, you, we have to look at egg quality as a very, very, I'm making up a word here because just, just how big of an event it is Yeah. to produce an egg, to produce eggs, not just one. These are the biggest cells in the body. Mm-hmm. They take a tremendous amount of energy and we cannot just be expecting our body to produce a whole egg that turns into a whole baby, mm-hmm. you know? That takes nine months, you know, that should tell us something. This is a this is a long process. Yeah. This is a process that requires a lot of energy, a lot of stored energy, a lot of nutrients, a lot of self-love, a lot of self-care. So egg quality, you know, and the eggs they take 90 minimum 90 days. Wow. 90 to 120 days to be to produce, to go to ovulation from the time that they are awoken out of dormancy. Mm. Okay, we're born with about uh, 2 million eggs. By the time we hit puberty, there's about um, 1 million. I could be getting my numbers a little off. Yeah, yeah, um, you're, rough, and you're on then, the right track. Yeah, and then it declines, you know, every month you lose about a thousand eggs. Mm-hmm. So we, you have to, your body's constantly losing energy in the production of these eggs. Yeah. And then when you get your period, you're losing more energy. Mm-hmm. And don't let you have, um, you know, conceive not to say don't let you but like let's say some a woman conceives does manage to conceive but then she has a miscarriage Mm. that is more energy you know more nutrients that have been siphoned from deeper storehouses Mm. and if you just go right back into trying to conceive the month after you have miscarried the second month third month you're dealing with you know you might you might get a little kickback from your eggs, maybe having some supply. But after about that third month, now you're you're back in sort of the, the red zone. You mm. have to constantly be replenishing your body with the things that it needs. And if your womb, if you're having like a, uh, if you're cramping when you are having your period, that's you can consider that a, a headache of the womb. Like that's my yeah. take. Because when wow, your brain, I never even talked about that brain, before. Right. When you have a headache, and you know when you have a headache, you mm-hmm. you take rest mm-hmm stop what you're, you, you, you would hope to stop what you're doing um you know you try you might try to take some Advil that's only gonna last so long yeah. but you know for me what I do if I have a headache I go to natural herbs in the natural route and I try to make sure I don't eat certain things that I know are going to be triggers yeah when we're dealing with headaches um, headaches when we're dealing with cramps it's pretty much the same thing you have to know what your triggers are yeah you have to sub- supplement your room your body with the right nutrients like magnesium and vitamin A mm-hmm. because a lot of times if you're having cramps you're lacking in those nutrients nutrients mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's one thing you, t- you can do but i would say one main thing to do if you don't know anything else is to just reduce inflammatory foods okay <sighs> inflammatory foods such as bread pasta such as processed foods foods that are man-made, you know, some of them genetically modified, but even some natural foods may cause some inflammation in the body, such as foods that are high in starch, you know, reducing these from your body, that's going to help to cut down the inflammation. And it's really interesting because, you know, we we try to look at like our organs and our body is different and separate, but just like you would have a headache, okay, Mm -hmm. Um, a headache is also caused due to Inflammation mm. in some instances. So you know the body, it pretty much whatever organ it is, is we're dealing with the same thing. We're dealing with inflammation. We're dealing with poor nutrients, right? But when you're when you're producing your eggs, when you're trying to build better egg quality, you want to avoid the inflammatory foods, um, and especially for Black women and Black people in general. You know we are allergic to dairy or lactose intolerance a lot of times, and so. You know, cutting out dairy and seeing how your body acts, how you feel after that, that might be a major boost just for you, just, you know, being someone who may be lactose intolerant. Cutting out gluten, right? And cutting out things, again, that are going to make you feel um, tired after you eat it, you know, lethargic. So things like rice, potatoes, starch, Mm -hmm. you know, those Mm -hmm. type of things. That's tip number one, right? Mm -hmm is to go through your house and I would say just throw the stuff away. Yeah. You know, ideally you want to stop buying it because that is the that is the biggest trigger. If you go to the grocery store and you bring this stuff home, you're going to want to justify why you paid for it by eating mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. If you bought it for true. someone else in the household and they're eating it in front of you, you're used to eating it and you don't have a strong, you know, resolve as to why you're not going to eat it, you're going to consume it. Hmm. Okay, and then you're going to feel guilty after it. And what's interesting is that some of these foods, I, you know, they you they can kind of make you feel, you might actually feel the feeling of guilt. Like if you yeah. eat too much potatoes or too much chips. I know I used to feel that, I didn't understand that. I didn't know, why do I feel guilty for eating two bags of chips in the parking lot? Mm.
0: <laughs> it be like that sometimes, you be like, you know what? I'm about to eat all these chips, I don't
1: know. Right? So I would say to, you know, write down right now, what are five foods that you know that are inflammatory, write them down, write them down. So that way you're being conscious that, you know, you're going to make a decision to Mm -hmm. reduce and limit these foods out of your diet. Yeah. That's one that I would, um, that I would definitely recommend. Did you want to ask anything else before I moved on to number two? So I want to just say this because so many people like
0: okay. When I think about myself, I had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant, and a lot of this diet stuff. They're like, you need to eat, uh, you know, a lot of protein, and immediately people think about the cheese and the dairy because it's just like an easy place to go. Um, what is like your your tip on? when you're trying to cut dairy, when you're trying to cut those things, what can people go to that will fulfill that, like that, that urge or that want of dairy?
1: Okay, well dairy, one of the reasons why you're addicted to dairy is because of casein. It's like an enzyme casein is in the cheese and the dairy mm-hmm. and your body is very it's very addictive so you're that's the the hardest thing for a lot of people when they're becoming vegetarian or vegan even so even if you're trying to cut dairy um you know for reasons that are not related to health if you're just doing it for moral reasons or just yeah you just don't feel like it, dairy and cheese usually is the hardest thing and it's because of the casein what i do or what i suggest um that you try to do to overcome that is you have to replace dairy and cheese with foods or seasonings that produce a flavor combination that is called edamame. Mm-hmm. No, not edamame, hold on. It's ed- Hold edamame, umame, umame. Yeah, I was gonna say, okay, I knew what you were
0: talking about. Edamame's the bean, job. it's okay, I'm not- <laughs> Not edamame. Um, those are not good edamame. though,
1: they're good. <laughs> but yeah. Um, umami so you have to produce like a umami flavor so we're talking about a flavor that is deep that is rich and like you you really feel it to your soul so mm-hmm. we're talking about seasons like cumin um turmeric um you know onion powder garlic powder yeah. it has to, it has to have the the flavor these are and these are seasons that they put in cheese mm-hmm. If you think about it. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. things like nutritional yeast yes they put, these are what they put in cheese so you can do away with the dairy by just going for the seasoning mm. and it's the same thing pretty much i also would suggest with women like if you have like an addiction to smoking uh cigarettes yeah. go and look up the ingredients in the cigarettes that you smoke yeah. you might find you might find things like rosemary in the cigarette not to uh-huh. i'm not branding or anything showing right. the brand but you know they have uh there's essential oils in cigarettes. There are other herbs in cigarettes. So if you are, oh. you know, having those things going in your house uh-huh. uh, and eating with those eating those things, you may be able to curb your addiction to it.
0: I right? love that. So
1: what I did with my addiction to chips is I started slowly replacing the amount that I bought and replacing it with. Apples. So you know, Mm -hmm. if you can't go cold turkey, you do have to wean yourself off of it. So that's what I would suggest. Cook foods that are really, really flavorful. Okay, and I have noticed that some women they don't know how to cook, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you know, look up recipes. Okay, of foods that that are very rich. So foods that maybe come from the islands. Um, you know, they're very flavorful, and Mm -hmm. that's that's Mm -hmm. what I. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and instead of dairy, instead like if I want milk, I you can make your own milk with almonds, soak them yes. overnight, and then blend them up. Um, I don't know about these almonds here in the States, but where I'm from, you can yes. soak the almonds and the skin will pop off. The next, right. right. Give a step two. Give a step two. So step two is to practice moderate exercise. Okay. Right? Give me one minute. because This is going to go left. This don't go left. <laughs>
0: All right, so give us tip number two.
1: So tip number two is to start practicing moderate exercise. So I really should make this tip number one because it's the one that gets the most resistance, right? (laughs) (laughs) After improving your well, it's it's up there with improving your diet, you know. But we also gotta think we have become so relax, like so lax, like so used to this type of lifestyle, just go to work, sit down, come home, sit down, go to school, sit down. Everything we do is sitting down so much, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and a certain degree of sitting down is okay. There are some studies that show that some cultures that sit down, they ovulate more. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we're on the opposite side Uh, of the spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) We're on the Far side. Right, so get it up and moving your body is going to help to improve circulation. It's going to help to improve blood flow. It's going to help to remove the toxins out of your body, so you know your body can function. Your liver can function well. You're basically toning your body, toning your womb. And helping your body to produce better quality eggs by supplying your body with fresh supply of blood, which mm-hmm. is going to give the nutrients to your follicles, to your womb, to ensure that it is oxygenated, it is happy, mm-hmm. it is toned, yeah. okay, and it is healthy and supple. So you don't wanna over exercise, right? Yeah. That's why I say moderate exercise, because on the opposite side, opposite side of you know being over-sedentary is too much strenuous exercise which is going to cause your body to use too much of that energy that could go towards producing the eggs okay okay so there has to be a balance you can't be too you know overzealous with the exercise but you also cannot be too um you know again just sitting down all the time and not moving because that's going to cause stiffness it's going to cause blockage right so doing moderate exercise and you know this could be doing your steps doing 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. This could be dancing, belly dancing. Mm-hmm. This could mm-hmm. be doing yoga. Yeah. This could be, you know, simply just moving your your womb area. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we as women we tend to forget is that we actually have a womb. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And is I'm not just saying that like we actually do sort of to some degree function above the waist. Hmm. okay and it's like a trained learned thing that we have developed and again it comes from trauma a lot of times in some instances we neglect the lower region of our body you know right so we're not paying attention to the feelings we're not paying attention to her when she's speaking to us yes it's kind of like if you do um experience pain or trauma in a part of your body you one, you are going to try to forget it, right? You're going to try to act like it's not there so you can move on with your life. You're going yeah. to put a band aid on it, probably. Yeah. Right. And if let's, you know, as women, we get our periods every month. And if that's painful and that hurts you every month, on a subconscious level, you're probably going to start to, you know, distance yourself from this place that is causing you trauma and pain and Hmm. that is a lot of times too how women wake up and they find out that they have a fibroid the size of you know a melon an orange right you can feel these things so the only reason why it can grow that fast and you're not paying attention to it because you're not touching your body Hmm. touching your womb, you're not moving your body in certain ways where you can feel, oh, there's something off there, right? Because we can feel different things in our body. Yeah. And, you know, these fibroids, they're pulling nutrients and sucking nutrients. So the only way we're not feeling this and not noticing this is because we're shutting down certain connections to that part of our body, whether Hmm. we're doing it consciously or subconsciously, or whether our body is cutting off itself, From the blockages that are happening so let's say there's scar tissue happening now your nerves are probably not going to be functioning well because there's scar tissue so you're not feeling what's happening on the other side of the scar Mm -hmm. tissue Mm -hmm. right and so that can prolong and persist but when you're moving your body you're keeping that channel that energy flow open right to help to produce the, again the oxygenation which is going to help to remove a lot of inflammation in the body a lot of stagnation in in the womb in the uterus right and we also can't forget the liver as well our liver also needs to be toned so that way it can help to remove the excess estrogen and hormones and blockage I'm um, sorry toxins as well yeah right so doing that and then again it's also going to help you to become more relaxed so that way your cortisol levels are not so elevated yeah but again you don't want to do too much exercise or you're going to increase the cortisol levels right so you do want you want to balance it one of the one of the best ways to do do this is to do yoga right Uh or again some other type of sort of sensual movement or flow like tai chi or you know um pelvic tilts, right, where you're tilting your uterus and things like that. So there, you know, definitely some moderate exercise, nothing too strenuous. The only other thing I wanna say about that is that if you are already um, an active person, right, if you are already sort of, you know, not super athletic, but you move around a lot. Yeah. You may have to bump it up Mm. even more. So let's say, you're, you know, you're, you're pretty active, um, but you're maybe just a little bit overweight, but the weight's not going anywhere. Um, and the only reason I bring up weight is because estrogen is stored in our fat cells, right? And so if you have an issue like fibroids or something that feeds on estrogen, Mm -hmm. one way to help to reduce that is to minimize, you know, the fat cells in your body. So let's say you are a little bit active and you but you are maybe a little bit chunky mm-hmm. like my mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you want to some more <laughs>
0: I'm, losing, I'm on that weight loss journey right now i'm like taking in everything you're saying right now because yes. i'm like blown away because you hear certain things but you don't get the explanation and i go back to early intervention which is that educational piece and you yes. don't think about oh my gosh like i how much trauma has been um impacted from the waist below like do we just are are we really just out here just ignoring our bodies like this we are we We absolutely are it's it's like when you're saying this like i'm in such shock like because i'm thinking about how many women that i've talked to and worked with and i'm like this is what's going on this is the reason why we've got to do what we need to do in certain areas but we don't do them because we're not connecting with the wise, and we're not understanding what we really need to do to get out of this situation. Right. I, I'm like blown away,
1: uh, but go I, ahead I'll, and finish I'll give you. I'll give you an example of just like how we are ignoring it. Um, when I was, I, I went on a trip into Jamaica when I was around nine years old, which again, mm-hmm. a lot of my issues, I feel like they did stem from the time I was nine. When I was nine, I got hit in the breast mm-hmm. um, by, you know, like i said it was caused by trauma mm-hmm. i got hit in the breast by the time i was 14 it manifested into uh, a fibroid mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. mind you it was causing me pain you know this whole time right and i was not really paying that much attention to it i would massage it every now and then but i wasn't doing anything you know i was young nah. still so you know you couldn't you can't really i don't know there was something you could do other than what they were telling me to do but i was like no i'd rather die. yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah but when I was um also 9 years old in Jamaica, I was riding a bike that had no seats. And in Jamaica there's a lot of potholes and you got to ride on the opposite side of the road. And so I didn't know what I was doing. I'm riding this bike cuz I want to ride a bike so um, bad. And you know, to make sure I don't get hit by a car, I ran into a pothole so the 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 pipe hit my pelvic bone, right? Uh-huh. And I felt that and I know it's painful but i ignored that mm. and some, i don't remember that like it's only through doing you know lives like this that i will remember that mm. that Did was such start a, talking a med- about it
0: yes because a lot of times we don't talk about our body and that's what makes these conversations so unique is because we do we don't talk a lot about our bodies um we don't right. talk a lot about our experiences and and it we suppress those
1: those memories i get it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you can you know you can imagine like that was a very traumatic experience for me yeah getting metal but being, but forgetting about that for 20 years you know and and you, so when we're talking about that manifesting into you know other things or your traumas or your pains you know yeah. manifesting into other things it is real we hmm. store pain in our in our womb center yeah yeah it. We yeah. have to release it and we have to be proactive about releasing it, not waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Right. We're not doing it only be- because we want something out of it. Yes. That's oh. what I'm trying to get women to be. When I first started, I was like, Hey, all this fertility information for everyone. Blah, blah. They're like, I'm not trying to have a baby, I'm not trying to get pregnant. I know. Blah, blah. I'm like, you don't have to be pregnant to do this stuff. You don't no. you Mm-mm. No. This stuff right fertility to me is life like you we mm. need it you have to do it you don't have to do it, you know what i mean it's life yes. if we are not fertile we are not here no more wow it is it is you know it's it's the core part, part of our being is quintessential to us existing on this planet we, we must maintain fertility yes and you're I having think- fertility issues and you have to go to an ivf clinic Huh. That means your child has to go to an IVF clinic too. What what wow. pattern or what cycle are we? What's what's happening down the road?
0: Yeah, and we don't talk about the generational infertility and how it impacts the next generation and how it impacts the next, okay. your child. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because we have to reeducate ourselves about our body and how we treat our bodies and what we do when our bodies are calling for help. Um, which step three for you? What's the next
1: step, step? Three is to consider herbal supplements. Okay, right. Okay. So, definitely, you want to go to your diet first. You want to be consuming the plant-based proteins, which are really, really more beneficial for improving egg quality and fertility than animal-based proteins. And studies mm-hmm. have shown this. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of your diet. You definitely want to top up on some other things because, you know, again, the foods that we're eating, a lot of it is genetically modified. Even if you go to the store and you buy the most, or the most organic fruit or vegetable, it's not the organic fruit or vegetable that our grandparents used to eat.
0: Okay, so give us tip three. We talked a little bit
1: about, um, a little bit about it, but let's dive into it. Okay, so tip three, definitely. So did you get that in the recording though? Yes. Yep. To- yep. You're okay, good. There. Okay, so tip three, definitely dive into some herbal supplements because even if you're eating, you know, what you think is maybe the most healthiest diet, there are some supplements, they call them prenatal vitamins or vitamins, but I'm dealing more with supplements that can help you to improve your egg quality a little further to give your eggs a little extra boost of energy that they're going to need, right? And so those vitamins include vitamin A, okay, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, myelinocytil, CoQ10, resveratrol, melatonin, and for some women, DHEA, right? And then there are some other ones like N-acidic acid or N-acetyl acid, sorry, I'm probably getting that butchered, but there are some other ones, but those ones are the main ones that you definitely should look into, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you wanna do, because that's gonna give your eggs the extra, extra boost of energy, especially CoQ10, okay? But that's gonna help your mitochondria, Mm. which supplies the eggs with energy, okay? Mm. So, you know, what's interesting though, is things like CoQ10, okay? Yeah. If you look on some of the bottles, I use, I use a, a particular um, brand. The ingredients, they tell you what they get it from. Things like olive oil, broccoli, beets. Wow. Right? So foods that we could be eating, but a lot of times we're not because, you know, just don't want to cook them or don't know how to cook or it's just not part of the you know the popular culture right Mm -hmm. um but if you you know add more of these fruits and vegetables to your diet you could potentially bypass taking any supplements at all wow Um, one of the easiest ways to do this, you know, if you're not someone who likes taking pills, I definitely, I don't like taking pills, but I know the benefit of, and I don't take pill pills. I take herbal supplements. So, you know, you get something like this and then it comes in, you know, the capsules and they're yeah this, this is herbs the herbs inside of the capsule you know yeah um or i'll just herb them up myself pack them up myself yes, please you know, please right and of course the more colorful the better right but those are the things i prefer rather than telling women to take prenatal vitamins in a lot of cases because mm-hmm. you know with with these you know it's food you know it's coming from a food source yeah. right and then you build a better connection to the pill or the the you know the supplement you're taking and where it's coming from so let's say you don't have you know something that has vitamin e in it Mm -hmm. but you you begin to understand that you can get vitamin e from things like sweet potatoes and from Mm -hmm. red bell peppers and things like that then you know on those days you could just eat you some more you know bell peppers yeah yeah but definitely considering improving your diet with some supplements, right? Then you, you know, no. we have to take vitamin D. Why do we have to take vitamin D? We get that mm-hmm. from the sun, don't we? Mm. You right? But you, so... you're not... oh, <laughs> not my if, goodness. Not yeah. if you're not going outside. <laughs> that part. Right? And then, you know, they also say, melanin women need more sunlight. We need yes. more vitamin D. Yes, because
0: right? right. I have to get vitamin D shots because Mm -hmm. i'm not i don't go outside very much and i was like this year has been like i've been trying to take a walk every day like even if it's snowing it's raining whatever like get out there and get in that sun because it is crucial to me um you know keeping my vitamin d
1: levels up right and don't forget also your folate or folic acid Uh right You also need to get that and the reason you need that is to prevent um, spinal bifida or other uh, neurological diseases that could be you know imparted on the baby on the grown baby and if you are not someone who eats a lot of fruits and vegetables or sorry dark leafy greens Mm -hmm. you know you could be depleted in that nutrient and you need to store up on that at -hmm. least three months before you conceive so you definitely want to you know, consider that if nothing else is to get either your folate or your folic acid, right? Yes,
0: this is so good. I'm like, I'm blown away because we've been talking about so much of this stuff and like Mm -hmm. the way you're putting it, y'all, I don't know if you're gathering all this information, but it's like, it's so good because it, (laughs) it, she's not just talking about, you know, okay, the egg quality here, but you're just talking about your body, and everything, that quality. Everybody else is doing that. Yes. I don't need to tell you. But it makes you know, so much sense what you're yeah. saying. Like, and it's just because people are so focused on that egg quality part, they're not looking at the whole utero health, like your body. And when you're talking about this stuff, it's like making me think about like, okay, what am I really doing? Like, what did I really do that wasn't working or wasn't putting, you know, what what pieces was I missing? So this is so good to me. G- give us tip four, give us tip four. Okay.
1: tip four right but before we move on to tip four i just want to i just want you listening to write down you know what supplements that you think you might need to take just write that okay. down so if you think you need to take some vitamin d because maybe you're not getting enough sun write that down if maybe you think that you need um you want to consider coq10 write that down write down the inositol because these are things that you should definitely go and look up mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so tip number four is to get some sleep get some rest get some relaxation in right mm-hmm. but with some extra some extra sleep up in there right yeah. because we're not getting enough sleep women you know we're overworked yes. right from sun up to sundown well yep. beyond sundown right yep. and that's going to affect your egg quality as well you're you're not balancing your circadian rhythm your melatonin mm-hmm. with your serotonin Right. Which is another reason why women are being prescribed melatonin is because you're not, we're not getting to sleep No. So these are some simple things, getting some sleep, getting some, 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 sunlight, but we want to supplement it with a pill when we don't really have to, mm. right. If we change if our lifestyle sort of more reflects where we really want to be. We want to be fertile, but our lifestyle is saying, I am a robot. Wow. Wow, say that one more time for somebody. We want to be fertile, but our lifestyle is saying I am a robot. Mm. Not even I'm a man. We're, we're beyond saying, we're beyond trying to be like a man at this point. We are beyond that. Truth. Okay. Truth. We're at the point of, I am just a robot. I am here to work, 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 work. And you know, forget the lower half of this robot body. I'm, you know, you ever seen the robot, they just have the top half of the robot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh you know, yeah, like- about, I mean and we're about to be replaced at that point so we're not even <laughs> the most effective robot but you know <laughs> we have to get we have to reclaim our you know our femininity reclaim yeah. our just connection with nature yeah right and allow ourselves some simple things like sleeping like mm-hmm. getting eight hours of sleep turning off the TV the phone at 10 o'clock. Okay, and getting a full night's rest till maybe six in the morning, right? I think that's eight hours. Uh uh Um, The only thing with that, you don't want to go beyond eight hours. You don't want to start sleeping for nine, 10, 11, thinking that that's going to help you either, Mm. because that can actually have the reverse effect, the more negative effect on your egg quality. Wow. You want to keep it within the six to eight hour range, Uh right? And there are some ways to help you to do this. You can put a red light filter on your phone. I have one um, when it gets to a certain time of night, you could set it program it how you want it. Uh, when it gets to like, eight o'clock or something like that whatever you set it to your your screen will have a red hue over it and that mm-hmm. red hue is supposed to help you to sleep better i've definitely noticed the difference it's supposed to help you to sleep better but get better longer sleep more you know rem type of sleep rather uh-huh. than the blue light so if you have anything with like blue light in your room which i do i just bought this ring light uh-huh i've been using it but when it's plugged in it has a blue i'm like why would they put a blue light but removing any type of blue light from your your, your home and blue light it doesn't have to like be blue too. like it comes from your phone screen blue light comes from your phone screen your computer screen your tv mm. screen so you, you ideally you want to remove these devices from your room yeah um, i would even go as far as to remove any electronic device from your room that you don't need because they give off vibrations and frequencies. And, you know, as you become more uh, in tune, right, by cleaning up your diet and, you know, doing exercising these things, you're going to start to feel those vibrations and they're going to become annoying and they're going to disturb you mm. while you're sleeping. So even if you're not fully conscious of them now, I used to unplug my fridge and my stove when I went to bed. I would hear the fridge. <laughs> She said, <laughs> right. Now, don't go that far. She said you no, don't have to go. not today. <laughs> I'm going to bed and I'm getting sleep. Right. So, you know, re- reducing the blue light, doing the exercising in the daytime, which is going to help you to get better sleep. You know, yeah. that's going to help as well. And just doing it, that's going to help with your hormonal balance. It's going to help with your stress levels. It's going to help to regulate your hormones to ensure yeah. that you know they are producing. You need sleep for your hormones to produce. You mm-hmm. need sleep for the cells in your body to replace themselves, mm-hmm. okay? Especially when they become damaged. Mm-hmm. One of the main reasons too that um, we have things like fibroids and endometriosis and um, things growing in our womb that are not supposed to be there is that they are growing on cells that are damaged. Mm -hmm. When I received trauma to my left breast, Mm -hmm. that damaged tissue now became keloided, Mm -hmm. scar tissue. Things start; it starts growing, it starts calcifying because it damaged tissue. So the same thing can happen with our womb. If we're not getting enough sleep, if our body cannot protect, if it cannot replace these cells, it just sort of puts a a layer of skin over tissue over it right but that can cause pain that can start to grow that can start to um, proliferate like mm-hmm. in the case of endometriosis right so the sleep is going to help your cells to replace themselves to renew themselves right and to heal when there is if there is any damage so sleep that's just you know that's just if there's trauma outside yeah. of that we is look for again hormones producing hormones, maintaining your, um, regulating your stress levels, making sure that that is not out of whack and throwing the rest of your hormones back off again. And again, just keeping you more in a at ease, you know, state of mind. So when you are awake, you are alert, you are making conscious decisions, okay? If someone is telling you surgery is the only option, you might actually be able to think about it. Yeah. But if you're in pain, if you're tired, if you're groggy, If you're just trying to get in and get out, you might go along, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. anything, right? So just be conscious of, again, how much sleep you're getting. Um, Make an effort to get some sleep. Set an alarm on your phone. I do that. I set mine for 10 Um, o'clock. And try to stick to it, right? For at least 90 days. At least try to improve your all of these tips I'm giving you. Try to do them for at least 90 days.
0: I love that you're talking about, I've never even thought about a 90 day calendar for sleep or (laughs) like rest. Like I'm like blown away by this conversation because I never thought about that. Like, what are we really doing? How intentional are we being about resting and
1: about you know you have to be oh. more intentional now because they're coming up with more social medias that, oh that are demanding of your time more just even you know the social media that we we use every day they are they want to keep you on there
0: yeah right
1: they want to keep you on there so that's just social media that doesn't include you know other demands and other things that you have to do throughout the day you need to take a break from these things because they're you know they're cutting our fertility they're cutting our lifespan down
0: yes oh wow right. this is so good this is so so good I like it is making me do some serious inventory on myself right now Like, I had a, like, when you were talking, I was thinking in my head, like, am I setting myself up for round two of infertility? Like, am I not, what am I doing? You know, that like, I let go of a lot of stuff, right? And I was, like, taking a lot of naps, resting, going on walks, doing a lot of leisurely things, right? And Mm -hmm. now, you know, like now I'm like, okay, I've had my baby. I'm good to go. Like I can just, you know, do whatever, eat whatever I could have, you know, blah, blah, blah. I like, I didn't even drink coffee. I just started drinking coffee again. And, um, I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to make sure you maintain this as a lifestyle because your body was like, thank you for taking all that stuff out. Thank you for focusing on your true health. And so when you're talking about this this is just like it's hitting to it's hitting core, uh really to my core in such a personal way such a personal way what's t- what's tip 5 like where are we going well, with this i I'm so
1: glad that this is you know definitely ringing true for you and yeah. you know getting some value out of this because yeah. again you know we don't know what we don't know mm-hmm. right we weren't taught this stuff right tip five is to achieve hormonal balance right so just Mm -hmm. like you're saying is you know not allowing yourself allowing these other things to creep up the drinking the coffee the drinking you know the smoking the alcohol the you know eating whatever and it's like okay you you know you you can do whatever you want with your life right but what i have seen is that a lot of times women do come to me with secondary infertility. They've had Mm -hmm. a baby 10 years ago, seven years ago, Mm -hmm. but they're not able to conceive again. And, you know, one of the things is our, sort of the energy that we had as a child or as a youth, you know, Mm -hmm. that can wear off if we're not replenishing. We were, we are born with a certain amount of chi. Yeah, yeah. And we can weaken our chi with the food, with our thoughts and with you know just again lifestyle mm-hmm. so yeah you might have your first baby your second baby but if or you might even do ivf and just think oh well now i can go back to doing whatever i want but if you i would say you know it, definitely if you want to have more children you want to be more conscious and proactive going forward in the future and it's not something to limit you it's not something to you know put constraints on you there's just it's there's a whole world of just options like i can't make all of the delicious vegan food that i see mm-hmm. i can you know, there's i cannot do all of the the yoga that i want to do right <laughs> all the postures that is just so yeah. much It's so many things and they feel good and it makes me feel good when I do these things, right? And, you know, so it's not like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to do the things I love. You will develop new things that you will love. Yeah, You know, you will develop new things that you will love. And so for achieving hormonal balance, this one is really, really, really easy. Unless you are loyal to certain companies, (laughs) certain thought systems, beliefs, That have even been passed on from our childhood from our parents Hmm. you know some people maybe think that they have to wash their clothes with a certain laundry soap that they have to put on a certain deodorant or that they have to wear a certain pad right these things they can cause toxins in our body that build up that store in our womb Hmm. okay in our soft material you know, our soft tissue, sorry, wow. like our yeah. wounds and our, our you know, our breast tissue and um cerv- you know, our cervical tissue. Mm-hmm. It's penetrable, mm-hmm. right? So we have to remove these toxic cleaning supplies, yeah, supplies, feminine care napkins, right? And these things can help us to achieve the hormonal balance, right, that we 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 need in order to maintain fertility. Man, yeah, we are talking
0: about mental. I, I, menta- I just have to say something right here. We do not take hormonal balance serious. Like we really, like, I don't know what it is, but you know, like, oh, my hormones are off and period. That's it. Like you just, you're like, you're, there's there's nothing, there's nothing else to it. Oh, you're having a hormonal imbalance. That's okay.
1: Like, no, right. what do we, what it's can we do about this? What we can do about it is, is be cognizant of it, be conscious of it, take it seriously. Like if your hormones are, are imbalanced, this is gonna affect your skin. This mm. can affect your bones, this can affect your you know, your tissues, your your mind, how you think, everything. It affects every part of our body. Our you know hormones are helping us, they are sending messages to our brain and back to our womb and our breasts and our lungs. Right, so if your hormones are out of balance, if you're PMS, we're not meant to be PMSing. We're not supposed Mm. to be getting mad just because. Mm. You know, that's that's supposed. That's like a buildup of these the hormones that are not supposed to be in our body, and our body's angry, Hmm. and it's coming out that we are angry. Wow. And we're getting these hormones from eating animals that are angry too. Yes. (laughs) They're being pumped up with with hormones and. Yes. Not able to to graze and do the things that they want to do, and we're eating these animals. These hormones are being these these, um you know animal byproducts are being put into other things. We're not even being told about it. Mm -hmm. We're putting it on our skin. We're doing all of this stuff, even the makeup. Like I have i I have said that I need to find pure makeup. Like I'm not really. I haven't always been a makeup person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but. I definitely I try like I try to get the natural you know mert bees and stuff mm-hmm. like that but I don't know how natural that is so it's like at one point we might we are gonna have to go back to I don't know grinding up that beet powder and yeah some some um some beeswax and some yep. coconut cream or coconut cocoa uh, butter up in there and making our lipstick and lip glosses but yeah replace um cons- thinking about what makeup you're using because we have to think about this it's almost as though you are um you are, which, what, what am I saying? You are, you are dosing yourself. You are micro dosing yourself with toxins every time you put on mascara and makeup and rub it into your skin, your largest tissue on your face. So sometimes I try not to, you know, wear makeup, right? Yeah. But, you know, reducing things like that, like um, things with like the, the, the different powders and sheens and um, primers and, you know, things yeah. that are waterproof, okay these things are not meant to be on the body in the body nail polish Mm -hmm. you know you really do have to consider minimize it you know you I'm not saying that you don't ever wear it you know it's up to you what you want to do with your body Mm -hmm. but try to maybe keep it down to special events you know if you put it on take it off after a period of time, wash your face, wash the makeup off, you know, replace your cleaning products with the ones right beside on the same shelf now, cause they're in the same shelf now. Before they used to have the stuff on different shelves. We have no excuse now. Yeah. Take five steps and pick up the, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, but pick up the, the, the pure dish soap, pick up the, you know, the laundry soap that doesn't have, yeah. it's not so heavy, right? Yeah. And so those are my five tips for you today, right? And just to go over them, it is to reduce uh, inflammatory foods, to practice moderate exercise, consider herbal supplements, and to get some more sleep, as well as to achieve hormonal balance by reducing toxins in your household, in your makeup routine, in your feminine care routine.
0: You know what, you said something, I never even thought about it, which is your self-care is killing your care and like a lot of times some of the self-care stuff that we're doing is full of toxins and it's yeah. like it makes me think like okay how much are we actually putting in our bodies and like you said it's not to like say don't go get these things and not to do these things not to wear makeup not to you, listen I'm gonna drink cup of coffee every now and then y'all I ain't gonna don't be looking at me okay you know I like I like <laughs> it I like it okay and but and I used to drink a lot of dandelion coffee but mm-hmm. I'm nursing right now they were like it says on the like don't use this if you're nursing. And I'm like, okay, well then what am I doing here? I don't know. A lot of
1: times they do have to put those warnings, especially on the herbs, they do put those on there um, for insurance purposes, Mm -hmm. right? So -hmm. it's not necessarily that is, you know, bad, right? And you definitely go, you know, do your research if you need to do your research, consult with who you need to consult with. But that's from my experience, what I have noticed, because I have taken some herbs, you are not, they you definitely got, they got warnings on them. Okay? And I, all my babies are like,
0: <laughs> It's, you know what, and I didn't even think about it like that, but I, you know, you typically, like, you know, you go from one thing to another thing, and I think everything is just so, there's so many things, there's a lot of misinformation or information we just don't have so that we can make a choice and when we need to make the choices. And so I I love this conversation so much. If people want to connect with you, want to get coaching from you, want to sign up for one of your programs, your amazing programs, or purchase one of your products, where can they go?
1: Primarily, you can go to my website at natasiawinter.com. I hope we can get the spelling for you. For that. No worries.
0: Right below, you guys, we're going to have everything,
1: but I want her to tell us where to go. <laughs> right. You can go there. You can also go to my Instagram, which is also natasiawinter. Um, but I also had a program... Uh, called feminine fertility routine, where I go over all of these five tips and walk you through improving your fertility, your egg quality, by helping you to create a 90-day fertility routine that is flexible for you, that only has about three to five things, okay, Um, diet, yoga, exercise, mindset, and self-care routines so we're talking about some really fun yummy feminine things there that's why it's called feminine fertility routine so if you're excited about that i want to learn more about that you can join my wait list for that to learn when i launch this okay and slash waitlist or you can just go to slash um, feminine fertility routine i
0: love it Thank you so much for coming by. This has been so enriching. I'm like sitting here, sipping on my tea, listening to what you're talking about. And it's just, you know, like that moment you guys, you're just like, like, this is a cleansing conversation. Like when we talk about January setting goals, all of this stuff, like what are we really doing to set ourselves up to, for success and February's coming up here or we're if you're listening to this um, podcast, you're probably listening into it in February unless you have the pre-release there. And um, this is all, you know, a lot of times February is about Black History Month. Um, It's about Valentine's Day. There's a lot of different things, but the two areas that I really want us to focus in on is um, how do we bring self-love back and which is understanding our bodies and putting the right things in our bodies. And I'm highlighting this month in February, black disparities that are impacting black health. And what you have spoken about is impacting so many people of color and all people really, it doesn't even matter. But again, we're putting a focus on this, this month. Um, And my suggestion to you guys, you're gonna hear tons of different stories. You're gonna hear tons of different um, perspectives. And I always tell you guys, I'm bringing you all the perspectives and you choose one that fits you best and one that you can relate to and connect with and get out there and get the help and the, and the partnerships that you need to build the right team around you so that you can really live your best life and be on that, that maximum health uh, line that you've been looking for. A lot of times we're not taught this stuff and when we're not taught these things, we're, we're really making decisions that could be really um, impacting us in a negative way. And I wanna bring all of the different resources to you on this platform, you guys. I wanna thank you so much for listening and being here you guys i'm sending you all the strength and love and until next time
1: see you guys soon and natasha yes girl heart love heart. Shout and out. i have one more thing for your audience if Please. you want everything we talked about in a nice little five-page guide just go to natashiawinter.com slash quality for free you can just you know get this brief rundown so that way you can have it and work on it
0: Okay, if you don't know, now you know. You go out there and you go to that website and you get that uh, guide, okay? And if you don't get it for yourself, get it for somebody else, okay? Point them in the right direction so that they know where to go and where they can be connected with the right person at the right time. Until next time, you guys, see you soon. Bye. Right, take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Girl, Get a Doula. I know that these conversations are jam-packed and many of you are wondering, why did she do this? Why do we need this podcast? We are looking to highlight some of the best doulas out there that are all over the world and they are helping people in unique ways. We want to bring those support systems, ideas, and concepts to you so that you can learn about how you or someone that you love can be supported in a time of need. So many of us are in dark spots in our lives, and sometimes we can just come right out of them and move on, but there are many of us that get stuck. We wanna help many people get unstuck and find support in unique ways. We wanna thank you so much for listening. We are not experts in birth And we're not experts in mourning and grief, but we're out here finding those that are, and we are bringing them right to the foot of your doorstep. I want to thank you so much for listening to Girl Get a Doula. Please keep your eye open for our ebook that is coming out that's featuring all of these amazing doulas that have been a part of this wonderful podcast. Thank you so much for listening and see you soon.